Today on We Here, Harvey Weinstein has been sentenced to 23 years in prison after two felony sex crime convictions. What will his life be like in the slammer? It seems like every star-studded festival and conference is getting canceled because of coronavirus. And is Meghan Markle sending a message with her final royal fashion? Coming up next on We Here. Oh my God. We're on page six? No. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page Six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, a Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Well, Maggie, we've got a lot of celebrity dirt, but there's no dirt on me because once again, I'm coming to you live from my bathtub, um, my home podcasting studio that I've created in my bathtub under a giant bedspread. But you know, it occurred to me, Maggie, that maybe I should explain to you and the listeners like why I've made this makeshift home podcasting studio in my tub. I realized today it just makes me sound like some freakazoid. Like why would he, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> like, why maybe. Would he make this thing in his tub? What, like what's the method to my madness? C- can I tell yeah. you? Maybe it's just bathtub week on We Here and we forgot to tell everyone why. Right, or I'm like Ernie from Burton Ernie with like rubber ducky, you're the one. No. The big home podcasting tip that I've heard from people and our amazing producers is that if you're going to podcast from home, obviously you need to do it. Uh, if you're going to podcast from home, you need to do it, you know, away from any like windows, right, or noises or in an echoey room. So they basically advise you to, you need to be in a windowless room. Okay, with low ceilings, right? That's not an echoey room. So, what people all advise you to do is do your home podcast from a walk in closet. Mm -hmm. Now, we live in New York City, okay? That's right. Who has a walk in closet? Not us. I mean, I could be, yeah. So, basically, I needed a windowless space, you know, don't have a walk in closet. So, I've created the poor man's podcasting studio in my bathtub. And that's why I'm here, Maggie. And this also shows the lengths that I'm willing to go to bring the best quality podcast to you and the listeners from home. All right, take it away. Well, thank you. Okay, so our big, big story today is that Harvey Weinstein has been sentenced to 23 years in a New York State prison. You might remember his trial came to an end on February 25th where he was found guilty and he was convicted on two felony sex crimes after what's really been two years of trials and testimonies and back and forth. Yeah, I have to say, Maggie, I am I'm a bit shocked. I didn't think that Harvey Weinstein was going to going to get convicted. Mm -hmm. And I I was sort of cynical thinking that that he might get away in in the case. Mm -hmm. And but this is like a pretty major moment. I mean, if the Me Too movement thought that just the conviction of Harvey Weinstein was a a major victory um, because it was a challenge. And as you mentioned, it was a really long road. This sentence, I mean, 23 out of a possible 29 years is really incredibly definitive. I mean, if he serves the whole sentence, that means he's going to get out at 90 years old. Now, the thing is, I mean, not to be macabre, but He's obviously had all sorts of health issues, at least, you know, he he's claimed he has. He had showed up in court in a walker. He um, 
he was transferred to Bellevue Hospital rather than going directly to Rikers because he complained about chest pains. A lot of people were cynical about that and thinking he was using these ailments to sort of dodge going straight to prison. But essentially, Maggie, this is a life sentence, essentially, right? I mean, he has all these medical conditions. Um, he's not going to get out until he's 90 years old unless he serve, you know, if he serves the full term. So this is a really astonishing sentencing and an incredible victory for the prosecutors and the victims in this case. Yeah. And, you know, Weinstein did not testify in his own trial, but he did address the courtroom today before his sentencing. He spoke to the court in kind of a rambling address. He said, first of all, to all the women who testified, you may have given the truths. I have a great deal of remorse for all of you. And then later he talked about the Me Too movement and he said, we are going through this crisis right now in this country. The movement basically started with me. Now there are thousands of men who are being accused. And he also said he had a, quote, wonderful time with his accusers. I'm totally confused. And I think men are confused, adding, I'm worried. You know, this is in line, Maggie, with an item that I had exclusively reported when Harvey Weinstein um, had his fall from grace and had sort of disappeared off the radar and he was at a kind of a sex rehab, supposedly, in Arizona, mm -hmm. I had reported that he was telling his remaining few friends and cronies that he had that he had changed the world because he had started the Me Too movement, basically, and that he had changed history. So... In a weird way, it seems like now that his goose is cooked, yeah. you know, he's still trying to claim that he has some sort of lasting legacy and that he's at the center of this movement. And it sounds like he's basically trying to take credit for it, <laughs> which is just incredibly insidious. Right. He also talked about Miramax and he kind of tried to downplay the scale of it. He said that he, cl he claimed that he had no great powers in this industry and that Miramax, at the height of its fame, quote, was a small firm. Quote, I wasn't about power. I was about making great movies. He also said that if he could do things over, he would, quote, care less about the movies and more about my children and family. I mean, that is an absolute load of BS from my I agree. I totally um, agree. His entire thing was all about power. You know, over the years, he was the most formidable, intimidating, you know, person in the movie business who kind of molded himself, I think, at least maybe in his mind, as the old kind of cigar-chomping studio bosses. I mean, he used to apparently kind of brag to people or in conversations, you know, kind of compare himself to like being a mafioso or, or sort of a gangster. And, you know, he wielded the power, you know, everywhere that he went. The thing that's ironic about the whole thing is he actually did have a huge contribution to cinema and to movies. And bizarrely, for all of his criminal, reprehensible behavior, he also had this side of him that was like very talented at, you know, picking movies and picking talent and knowing what art movies might go mainstream. So the thing that really is too bad is, I mean, he is right. Maybe if he had concentrated a little bit more on that stuff, you know, he would still have the legacy of Miramax and being a studio boss. But now, you know, he, he's trying to sort of downplay that and, and salvage his reputation when it, it's just too late.
Right. And, you know, just yesterday, a day before the sentencing came down, there was more revealed in court papers. We discovered that Weinstein suggested Jennifer Aniston, quote, should be killed upon learning that the National Enquirer was planning to report that he sexually assaulted her. So, yeah, the past few days, we've learned so much more. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Maggie, sort of as I was saying before, is like you had this guy who did have this incredible career and this incredible life and was very influential. It's like why, you know, it just shows how pathological and sick this whole thing is that he was, you know, spending his time, you know, um, criminally pursuing and assaulting women and stars and intimidating them. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just it's pretty gross. Yeah. Now he's paying the price. I mean, this is just, it's an, it really is an unprecedented moment. I think that right now with obviously all the coronavirus news that's going on and scare, everyone's preoccupied. This, this story and the sentencing, I mean, it can be overstated what, what a big deal this is. Right. And I think that it speaks volumes that he was, could be sentenced to anywhere from five to 29 years and the judge hit him with 23 years. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's so definitive. I mean, I think also even in our reporting of what he was up to during, you know, heading into the trial, he was still like going to these talent showcases downtown, kind of hanging out with young women. You know, he allegedly had a uh, a younger girlfriend, um, which they denied. And so they were just friends. But, you know, when he was hanging out at these things, ostensibly, he was still kind of trying to play the role of the producer. And I, I really think that he thought he was going to win this. So what do we know about his life in prison? I know that you had an item. He was reading a book on Winston Churchill in just a day. Do we know any details about that? Well, that's interesting, Maggie. I mean, I do think that even if his sentence was a few years, I think he would be in there. And this is just my take. I think he would be in there sort of hatching some sort of a comeback. You know, for example, the uh, the Winston Churchill book, which was almost 600 pages that he read in a day that I had reported his lawyer brought to him, was by a writer named Eric Larson, who's a very popular writer who's had a lot of books optioned for films with big stars attached. And I was wondering, you know, when he read that Winston Churchill book, to me it stood out because it was by this very popular author. In other words, he wasn't reading a book by like, you know, an obscure sort of academic person on Winston Churchill. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's very much like the Miramax movie that they would Mm, make, you know, on Churchill. And and, uh, so in my mind, that was Harvey still kind of thinking, I'm looking for material, you know. And I think if he had only a few years in prison, he'd kind of be doing that. I think I think that would keep him going. Once again, this is just my take, you know, that he would kind of delude himself into thinking that he was going to get out of jail and have this second act and that he'd pay his time and maybe have a comeback. Uh, the 23 years, I mean, there is no second act. Right. And uh, that that's, you know, curtains basically. So I think this really changes things for him and what he'll be doing in prison because while he's in there, there's not going to be any illusion, I think, mm-hmm. that he's going to be coming out and you know starting his movie career again. He is filing an appeal, so I think he'll probably work on the appeal. We've reported that he still is facing charges in L.A. and London, but at this point, that's just totally moot. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I, I, I think he'll spend his time trying to work on his appeal. It sounds to me from his medical problems, you know, he may end up staying in this 
part of Rikers Island that's for infirmed or notorious inmates. We've been in touch with his his lawyers and his PR people, and they've been pretty outspoken with with what he's been up to. So I'm sure we'll be hearing from them in the coming days and, you know, I guess years what he's doing in there. Coronavirus has been responsible for the cancellation of so many star-studded events. No Coachella, no Stagecoach, no South by Southwest, and some celebrities have even been tested for the virus. My Corona. <laughs> I Maggie, don't, that was. That I don't was know my... if the singers of that band have been tested, but Celine Dion has. The Knack. Yeah. By the way. While my Sharona is a um, obviously a bit of a one-hit wonder by the Knack, mm-hmm. their their album Get the Knack, which I believe is from about nineteen I don't know seventy nine or something or eighty, mm-hmm. worth checking out. Maggie, um, they could be <laughs> that that was my. I think we're going to be doing a lot of coronavirus stories, so that was my sort of introductory theme song. Yeah. So okay, get South the Knack, South, get the mask, dude. <laughs> get the mask, my Corona. <laughs> So what's going on? South by Southwest is off. Yeah. And what about so- Coachella? Coachella is off. It's being postponed to a later date. The same thing with Stagecoach. South by Southwest is in a lot of hot water because we are hearing everything from they're having issues with refunding people's uh, tickets and they've laid off allegedly a third of their full-time staff. You know, this is a huge loss for the city of Austin. I usually go to South by Southwest every year. And this year, I just, it wasn't on my schedule. I couldn't find the time for it. But they have everyone appear from politicians to filmmakers to musical artists to talking heads to health experts. So they are out a ton of money. Yeah. And Maggie, this is also extended to TV shows with live audiences, right? Like live with Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest, Mm -hmm. Good Morning America, and The View are all nixing um, parts of the show that have a live audience. Some of those shows, like Good Morning America has a live audience for like part of the one hour or more of the the show. The other shows, obviously, The View is totally in front of a live audience, but they're going to just be doing it without the audience there. So this is really changing the way that, you know, TV shows are being produced as well. Even Cardi B posted a video recently about how she's scared of coronavirus, saying that she's stocking up on food. I don't know what the F this coronavirus is about. I don't know what the F this coronavirus is about. I don't understand how this was from Wuhan, China, and now all of a sudden this is on mother tour. Once again, Cardi B kind of voice one of, of the, the people, art- <laughs> articulate voices talking about coronavirus that's actually. I, I actually feel exactly the same way. <laughs> like, yes, got to agree with Cardi B here. How did this happen? Yeah, there's also a story, right, that we had that posted today about a, a royal wedding, right, that could even be affected by coronavirus. It's a terrible year to be a royal. Hit from all angles. Totally. Wait, so is this Princess Beatrice's wedding? Yes, that her wedding could be impacted by coronavirus. You know, these royal weddings attract a lot of dignitaries from all around the globe, and it sounds like people might not want to fly to her nuptials. Well, I might just have to phone in. You know, obviously, I'm on the guest list, Maggie, as you know. So, I mean, not really, but <laughs> I would I, I would phone in from the bathtub or we would. You know what I could do? 
I might just send in my toast that I was supposed to do it. Just video it from here live in the bathtub. You know, Maggie, if if we ever do a uh, a We Here Live event together. Mm -hmm. No audience. If I I don't get better. (laughs) That's true. If I don't get better quick, it's going to be you on stage and me sitting next to you in a bathtub with a blanket over my head. Although if no one shows up, we've got a great excuse for why. <laughs> well, that's true. Daniel Radcliffe, there was even a rumor going around, right, that that he had coronavirus, which he is now denied. It was like a bogus BBC Twitter handle, right, that yes. said that Daniel Craig had coronavirus. Yeah, you got to be careful out there. A lot of hoaxes are waiting to happen. But someone who has been tested for corona and she tested negative is Celine Dion. She's been on tour and she had to postpone tour dates in Washington, D.C. and Pittsburgh because she came down with the common cold. You know, cold symptoms are very similar to that of the coronavirus. So she was tested. She tested negative. She continues to reschedule her shows. Someone who appears to be taking zero chances is Naomi Campbell. Right. So Naomi Campbell was kind of ahead of the curve on this one, right? She was known for disinfecting, you know, her entire area on planes and I think was even wearing a mask, right? But she was photographed in an airport taking even more extreme precautions. Yeah. She's basically wearing a hazmat suit with a hood, uh, latex gloves, and a face mask. And if you've watched the video of Naomi Campbell disinfecting, disinfecting her seat on an airplane, you know she does not mess around with germs. So Naomi Campbell, let's all take a hint from you. Get those Clorox wipes, hit your surfaces, wash your hands. Also, we saw photos earlier of Howie Mandel walking to set with a hazmat suit and a mask on, but his mask looks more like a gas mask. Right. And Howie Mandel, similarly to Naomi Campbell, but he's a um, he's been an admitted germaphobe in the past. Right. Anyway, Maggie, I just don't know what the music festival crowd is going to do. They're going to have to find something else. Maybe Burning Man will still be okay because people could, it's in such a big space, people Mm. could keep like six feet between them and everybody else. And we're back without Ian. We've left him to his bathtub. And instead, I have Kristen McNamara, Director of Audience Engagement, here to talk with us about Meghan Markle. Thanks for having me, Maggie. Kristen is also the co-host of a great video series called Royal Roundtable, where Kristen and Alana Fishman just really go through every look that the royals are wearing. We break it down. I'm usually the one throwing shade. I'm the bad cop on the show, but I'll try to be nice today. (laughs) Okay, so Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are back in the UK for their final string of royal engagements. Yes. We're seeing a lot of color from Meghan. She's wearing capes. They're matchy-matchy. What do you think about all this? I think it's a lot. (laughs) I think she definitely, you know, these are her royal, her final royal engagements. And she really wanted to go out with a bang with these bold, bright colors. Mm -hmm. She chose monochromatic looks. All the looks were really one color. The main three were red, green, and blue. And she really was going for it from head to toe. So it might be a little polarizing, Mm -hmm. if you ask me. Do we think she's sending a message? I do think she's sending a message. It's actually worth noting that Prince Harry was matching her the whole time. Mm -hmm. So in the blue dress she wore, he had on a blue suit. When she wore a green dress, there was actually green lining in his suit. Mm -hmm. And when she wore red, he wore head-to-toe red. And as our followers on social media pointed out, he looked like a nutcracker. (laughs) So that was fun. 
And I think they're just really presenting a united front uh-huh. for this final engagement they have together as senior members of the royal family. And are the pieces they're wearing as expensive as what Megan has worn in the past? You know, we talk about Kate Middleton wearing looks people can get at Marks and Spencer's. Everything she wears sells out because it's super accessible. Megan was never like that. She was always wearing designer stuff. Is she back to her designer ways? She definitely wore a lot of designer items, but it is worth noting that she wore one Topshop top. Hmm. It was a little white flouncy summery top that she wore with a designer uh, pencil skirt, but the top actually was only $55. Hmm. And last we checked, uh, Topshop restocked it. So you and I can go buy it, Maggie, which usually doesn't happen because whenever she wears something, even when it's, you know, $2,000, it usually sells out right away. Yeah. Is there a top shop in Canada? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> For her sake, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. There's always online shopping. She doesn't have those royal funds anymore to, you know, get that nice wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. And when this all went down, didn't we discover that it was Prince Charles who was actually paying for Meghan's outfits? Yes. Shocking. Yeah. Father-in-law of the year. She's going to have to make that money elsewhere. So on Monday, which was when Megan was wearing that amazing green outfit with the fascinator and the whole look, she wore it to the Commonwealth Day service at London's Westminster Abbey. And that is where Harry and Megan reunited with William and Kate. Yes. And the world was watching. Yes. And they got an icy reception. Icy reception. Someone on Twitter said she was scraping the ice off her phone when she watched the video of the brothers and their wives seeing each other. So maybe not everyone is happy that Harry and Meghan are back in the UK. It seems like they didn't get the best reception from the family. Mm -hmm. I know they didn't bring baby Archie, which was a topic of debate also. Queenie might not have been happy about that. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely didn't seem like the brothers are on the best of terms. Right. And I think we had heard a few weeks ago that maybe they were making amends. You know, Harry was really starting to live the life he wants to live. But... This video really did not show that. Right. That green outfit, though. That green outfit, though, was a beautiful nod to Prince Harry's mother, Princess Diana, who wore a very similar outfit, um, a very, very similar fascinator in the same exact Kelly green color mm-hmm. years ago. So that was a really nice you know, tribute to Princess Diana. So now that Harry and Meghan are stepping away from their royal duties, do you think the media will continue to cover them with such endless fascination as they have in the past? Absolutely. Maybe even more than they have in the past, because we all want to see what they're doing next. Are we going to see Meghan at the Met Gala? Mm -hmm. Are we going to see her doing this voiceover work for Disney? Are we going to see her, you know, in live action feature films? Only time will tell, but we definitely will be following closely and wanting to see every move that they make. Well, that's it for this episode of We Here. Our show is produced by Jamila Zerob-Williams and Melissa Caceres. We'd love to hear your questions and your ideas for the show. Is there a celebrity you're dying for us to dish on? Email your hot takes to us at podcasts at nypost.com. To hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. And don't forget to leave us a review. We'll be back next week with more Page Six exclusives. See you then.